Hello, and it's time for another episode of Vipers Voices, the podcast of the Desert Vipers, a side that plays in the UAE's own 2020 cricket league, the DP World ILT20. And this time we catch up with Tamal Mills, the left-arm fast bowler who's already made a significant impact for the Vipers in this edition of the tournament. Tamal talks to us about a range of subjects, looking back on the victory against the Gulf Giants in the side's second match of the tournament, forward to match three against the Abu Dhabi Knight Riders and plenty more besides. We chat all things left arm, given there are five left armers battling for spots in the starting lineup. We talk pitches, conditions, the value of the toss, the super sub rule, and Tamal has a very interesting take on that. And we also speak about what he does outside of cricket. It's a thoroughly engaging conversation and it's coming up shortly here on Vipers Voices. Before that though, remember you can buy your tickets for all Vipers matches starting with the side's next outing against the Abu Dhabi Knight Riders at the Zaid Cricket Stadium in Abu Dhabi on Saturday the 27th of January and you can do so at the ILT20 website and also at all Virgin Megastores across the UAE. Now, let's get going with this episode. Tamal is relishing being involved in a squad that has such an emphasis on left-arm fast bowlers as he's alongside not only Pakistan pace pair Shaheen Shah Afridi and Mohamed Amir, but also two stalwarts of season one, Luke Wood and Sheldon Cottrell. You know, we've obviously played both our games so far with three left-arm seamers. Um, we all have different skill sets and different strengths and weaknesses, so I think we complement each other well. Um, but yeah, I've certainly not been part of a, of a team with, with five left armers before. So yeah, there's, there's, there's going to be a lot of competition for places for sure. Shaheen, of course, is the headline act in the left arm pace cartel. And Tamal is delighted to have him on his side and is thoroughly impressed with his ability to play with such effectiveness across tests, one day internationals and 2020 cricket too. He is a brilliant bowler, um, he's a lovely guy as well and he's, he's done brilliantly in his career so far, whether that be for Pakistan or in, um, in franchise cricket and domestic cricket. Um, as you say, he plays all three forms of the game still, which is, which is a credit. You know, he's not specialising in one form, he's still managing to, to be successful across formats. Um, and yeah, he's certainly um, a great addition to this side. He bowled brilliantly last night and I'm not sure exactly how many games we have him for uh, before he has to return to Pakistan but you know, for, for those games that we do he's obviously a great asset. So far one of the key narratives of the tournament has been that sides winning the toss have tended to bowl first and five of the first seven matches have been won by the side batting second as the Vipers did against the Gulf Giants and the Abu Dhabi Knight Riders did against the Vipers in the side's opening encounter. But Tamal says it isn't simply a case of win the toss, bowl first and win the match. There is definitely a, an advantage to, to bowling first. So I think even though we all know that, I think it's really important that in the games that we do end up batting first, we know that maybe you need that few extra runs and then with the ball, you've just got to be really on it and you, you can't be giving too many big overs away because you know conditions are against you. So um, yeah, the toss is important, but it's not the, the be-all and end-all. And he's happy to point 
pour cold water on the suggestion that the introduction of the super sub spells the end of the all-rounder in the tournament as sides have, so far by and large, opted for specialists with batters swapped for bowlers and vice versa. I, I disagree. I think you know, if you're a good player, you're a good player. It doesn't matter if you're a batter, bowler, all-rounder, you'll find your way into the team. I think it it does just raise the, the standard and, and improve teams and when you're looking at team building you know that okay you can maybe pick more specialist bowlers knowing that you can sub one out for a batter that can hit but likewise if, if you are an all-rounder and a genuine all-rounder you will you'll be in the team because you obviously you offer you offer two skill sets. That's Tamal Mills full of thoughtful insights and perspectives and his interview is up next here on Vipers Voices. Tamar Mills, here we are reflecting on a first victory for the Desert Vipers against Gulf Giants. What's the overriding emotion? Is it relief, joy, matter-of-factness? How do you feel about it? Yeah, it's obviously great to get the, the first win underway. I think it's still early in a competition. You can't get, can't get too low after the loss in the first match. And um, you also can't get too high after, lose, after winning last night as well. So... Um, yeah, I think we improved in in pretty much every area from from game one, which is what the coach and the and the captain asked for. Um, so it was nice to to do that and and um, and beat the team that obviously won the competition last year. So um, yeah, look, obviously, as I said, it's nice to get that first win on the board, but there's still still eight group games to go um, and a long a long journey ahead. Tamal, just talk to us about the little stable that's going on in the Desert Vipers of left-arm quicks. There's yourself, there's Shaheen, there's Amir, Luke Wood, Sheldon Cottrell. Is there an advantage to being a left-armer in T20 cricket? Uh, I guess so, but normally you're you're the only one or you might have two and then you're the point of difference, whereas now... Uh, with us, with there being so many of us, I, I guess the competition's obviously a lot higher. And you know, we've obviously played both our games so far with three left-arm seamers. Um, we all have different skill sets and different strengths and weaknesses, so I think we complement each other well. Um, but yeah, I've certainly not been part of a of a team with with five left-armers before. So yeah, there's there's, there's going to be a lot of competition for places for sure. That must be great fun, though, to be uh, in a team meeting with Shaheen Amir. Luke, Sheldon, I mean, there must just be so much knowledge. You must just bounce off each other like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, look, that's, that's the key to any, any side is in the, the great thing about franchise competition is, is, you, is that melting pot and you, you get um, guys from all around the world, from all different experiences um, coming together. And yeah, you, you hope that everybody shares as much as they can. And, and we certainly have done in the, in the games, in the meetings that we've had so far. Um, you know, it's, it's been great to welcome Shaheen. I've played against him quite a few times, but never played with him. So, um, got a, another one to tick off. And the longer you play in franchise cricket, you end up playing with everybody eventually, um, one way or another. So, um, yeah, look, it's been a great start and looking forward to the rest of the competition. Just talk to us about playing alongside Shaheen. Obviously, he's one of the modern greats in all three formats uh, as a left armor. What, what does it feel like? Do you have to pinch yourself? I mean, are, are you impressed with what he does? 
Oh, I wouldn't go that far. I don't think I'd, I could play with anybody and have to pinch myself for just playing cricket at the end of the day. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's great. He's, he is a brilliant bowler. Um, he's a lovely guy as well, and he's he's done brilliantly in his career so far, whether that be for Pakistan or in um, in franchise cricket and domestic cricket. Um, as you say, he plays all three forms of the game still, which is which is a credit. Um, you know, he's not specialising in one form. He's still managing to to be successful across formats. Um, and yeah, like, he's certainly um, a great addition to this side he bowled brilliantly last night and I'm not sure exactly how many games we have him for uh, before he has to return to Pakistan but you know for, for those games that we do he's obviously a great asset talk to us about that left arm angle though is that the key really in T20 cricket the fact that you can get the ball across the right handers and actually make it far easier to set a field yeah, maybe. Um, again, everybody has different skill sets. Shaheen obviously is very good at swinging the ball back in, but then can also go across as well. And I guess just growing up, a lot of batters just tend to face more right arm over. You know, the bowling machine is normally set up for right arm over when you're a youngster. Probably 80% of the bowling you'll face in club cricket, for example, will probably be right arm over. So I guess just your, your brain and maybe isn't quite trained as much of facing the ball from, from the other side. So I guess that, that might be a little advantage, but. You know, we're playing against, you know, world-class batters uh, in, in every game. So um, there's certainly no easy, easy matchups, that's for sure. Talk to us about the pitches. Uh, the, the first pitch was a little bit slow. The second pitch had a lot more live grass on it. What have you made of the surfaces? You certainly were able to adapt, it seemed, particularly on that uh, first surface. Yeah, like I played a lot of cricket in the UAE and, and in Dubai in particular. And yeah, as you say, the first game, it was a day match as opposed to last night uh, under lights when, when the dew came in. So that affects the pitch also. But yeah, they were two very different services. The first pitch, as you say, was much drier than um, than it was last night. It was it obviously did a bit with the new ball. Both our bowlers and golf giants bowlers bowled pretty well with the, with the new rocks. So um, yeah, there was two very different surfaces. We go to Abu Dhabi for our next game where I'm sure it'll be a different surface again. And then from there we go to Sharjah, which will be completely different. So, um, yeah, it's, we will speak about it in meetings and, and such. But once you actually get to the ground, it, it is important to, to look at the surface, assess what might work. And then it also once you're out there after the opening bowlers have maybe bowled their first overs, trying to get that communication out there as well as uh, what they think is, is the best way to go forward for the rest of the innings. I know the curator was trying to get some more pace into the surface for the game against the Gulf Giants. Did he succeed? Yeah, it seems to carry through okay. If anything, I like slow pitches. I like I like used pitches and bowl my slower balls and my cutters and stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm not too fussed either way. If there's a bit of pace in it, great. But if it's a slow one, I don't I don't mind too much either. You mentioned the surface there and what your preference might be. But last night, it seemed, particularly with the new ball, there was certainly something in it for the opening bowlers. Do you prefer that type of T20 game, or are you one of these people who recognises T20 as a, a batter's game, and it's just a case of who can hit most sixes? Yeah, a lot, a lot of the time it is. It is a case of wanting to entertain and flat pitches, small boundaries and such, and I understand that that, is, that makes for a better spectacle. Um, on the TV as well as in the stadium and that is part of the game and it makes it more satisfying when you bowl well in those conditions I guess um, but yeah it is nice every so often to have even just a more even con contest or you have bigger boundaries or a pitch that is maybe doing a, a bit more I go to Pakistan after this for the PSL which is notoriously high scoring and, and difficult to, to bowl in I, I was just in the Caribbean before Christmas playing for England in a series where you know 200 was regularly being scored by batting sides so uh, it's the way that modern cricket is being played and you know that's, that's 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 why they bring us in as bowlers to try and try and stem the flow as best we can. 
Now, talk to us as well about the fact that uh, of the seven games that have been played so far, five have been won by the side batting second. Is it simply a case of win the toss, make sure you've got a batter for uh, the second innings uh, and chase whatever's there? Or is it a bit more complex than that? Yeah, look, obviously the, the conditions do often change in the UAE, especially in the evening games. It was certainly dewy last night um, by the time we were just finishing our bowling innings and certainly then for the whole of their their bowling innings, um, which makes it a little bit easier to, to bat on. That you know, goes without saying. It's always been the case you know, for tournaments and competitions that have been played here in years gone by. So yeah, there is definitely a, an advantage to, to bowling first. So I think even though we all know that, I think it's really important that in the games that we do end up batting first, we know that maybe you need that few extra runs and then with the ball, you've just got to be really on it and you, you can't be giving too many big overs away because you know conditions are against you. So um, yeah, the toss is important, but it's not the it's not the be-all and end-all. Cricket's an easy game though, isn't it? With uh, the super sub now, you just put your feet up for half the game, no problems at all, and just come out and uh, have a bowl. You don't have to worry about batting at all. What have you made of the super sub rule? Because obviously you were subbed out last night for uh, for Sherfane Rutherford. Yeah, it doesn't make a huge difference to me because obviously I'm bowling and and I often wouldn't bat in a T20 anyway. Whereas you know Sherfane Rutherford's got the best the best gig in in cricket at the moment. He gets to he gets to bat and not do any fielding. I know Alex Hales is is trying to to get himself uh, off the pitch as well. They're, they're fighting for the competition of who's going to get subbed off. Um, so it's nice for the batters. I'm sure every batter would love to go out there and, and do their batting and then put their feet up and not have to bowl. But it's, it's a good addition, in my opinion. It makes, the, it makes the game stronger. You get an extra bowler and you get an extra batter for, for both sides. As a bowler, we know that teams are obviously going to bat deeper because the, they'll be able to sub in an extra player down the order more often than not. So yeah, but I think it adds to the overall competition and level of the game for sure. What about the other side of the coin, the the idea that uh, it, it really jeopardises the future of the all-rounder? I, I disagree. I think you know, if you're a good player, you're a good player. It doesn't matter if you're about a bowler all-rounder, you'll find your way into the team. I think it it does just raise the, the standard and, and improve teams. And when you're looking at team building, you know that, okay, you can maybe pick more specialist bowlers knowing that you can sub one out for a batter that can hit but likewise if, if you are an all-rounder and a genuine all-rounder you will you'll be in the team because you obviously you offer you offer two skill sets now talk to us uh, about what's coming up six games in nine days what's your preparation look like for a, a really hectic schedule like that in terms of uh, not only the practice you do but also your body management yeah it's it's, it's, it's a really important thing. You know, we have kind of a, a quiet start to the tournament and a quiet end to the to the fixtures. But in the middle, as you say, it's pretty intense and you've got a bit of travel going back and forth between uh, Abu Dhabi, Sharjah and Dubai as well. So, yeah, it's going to be important how we all recover. Um, as you mentioned, we're lucky to have a lot of fast bowlers and we can rotate and we have a lot of quality on the on the bench that to come in as needed. Um, I'm sure all of our, like myself, Amir and Shaheen won't just continue to keep playing with the schedule being as it is. So um, I'm sure there will be some rotation, which is important. Um, as I say, some of the other guys do leave as well at some point during the group stage as well. So um, yeah, everybody's, like, everybody here is pretty much an international cricketer and knows how to look after their body and what they need to do. Um, and we've got everything that we need here at this facility to to help with that as well, which is great, whether that be the pool or the beach or or you know we've got we've got masseuses we've got the physios and stuff as well so um yeah it's it's going to be busy it's going to be um intense but it's also the type of schedule where if you're playing well and you get on a good role you can you can stack up some good wins 
Let's just step away from the ILT20 for a moment. Let's talk briefly about your other interests. You've got a pace bowling academy, haven't you? You've done some work on that in the past. Just talk to us about that. Yeah, this is what, uh, my business partner, Shabazz Chowdhury, back in the UK. He, he started uh, an online uh, platform called Pace Journal um, to try and help and, and give knowledge to, to fast bowlers. So I joined up with, with him and um, we interview other fast bowlers, both kind of past and present, and we talk fast bowling and uh, we put it out there in quite a creative way online um, and on Instagram mainly. Um, and then, yeah, we've started to to do some actual coaching days back in the UK, which have been really popular and really successful. Uh, it's been a bit tricky at the moment. I've been playing an awful lot this last this last year or so, so haven't had too much time to to really dive into it again. But um, yeah, we we try and, and, and get some good and interesting content out there and stuff that hopefully people can learn about. And uh, you've got a podcast as well. Tell us about that. Yeah, we have podcasted, and, and again, we all the interviews that we've done with these players, we we chop them up and put them out online. But then we'll we'll release the kind of the full version, the full audio versions as well. Um, yeah, we need to probably uh, sharpen it up a bit and get back onto it. Um, Shibazi does a lot of private coaching as well, so I know he's very busy with that and he does really well. So uh, finding the time to, to balance everything is a bit tricky. But yeah, whilst whilst I'm out here playing and, and enjoying that, that's where my that's where my full focus is at the moment. I have to say, you look really comfortable in your own skin at the moment with the way things are going. Uh, you've had a great run over the last six months or so, maybe a little bit more than that. Everything seems to be going okay for you. Yeah, look. Touch wood. I don't. I don't like to get too, too ahead of myself. But yeah, I've had a really good. Pretty much since I got injured here last year, and, and unfortunately had to leave the tournament. I've had a really good run. I've played a lot of cricket back home in the UK and and in overseas leagues as well. Um, it's nice. I've got my family out here with me in this competition, which is great, and they're having a great time, which which makes things easier as well, and not having to worry about how they are. Um, but yeah, no, I'm 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 very happy with with how kind of how cricket's going and and how the body's going and just trying to kind of make 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 that last as long as possible. And the next game is the Abu Dhabi Knight Riders. They were the side that uh, beat the Vipers in the opening game. What do you think you can take out of that first loss that you can take into Saturday's encounter? What learnings are there? Yeah, well, I think we spoke about how we were just off the ball in in all all form forms really in terms of bat ball and in the field we we kind of were just off it all across the board so fingers crossed we'll we'll continue to kind of keep that upward upward curve going and we'll give them a much better game than what we did in the first match so obviously it's a change of venue we're going over to Abu Dhabi as opposed to playing in Dubai so we'll see what that has for us uh when we get there but um yeah I'd like to think that obviously we've, we've welcomed a few more new players into the side since then as well which I'm sure um hopefully we'll give give Abu Dhabi something more to think about um, and yeah hopefully we can we can even the score uh, in a couple of days. I was going to ask you about those new players psychologically were they really a big lift to the dressing room having the likes of Azam, Shaheen, uh, Shadab coming in in the way that they did it, it, it seemed there was a real vibrancy around the team yesterday. Yeah, they're certainly they're good characters. They're good people. I've played with them all in in the PSL, so it's good to good to play with them again. And yeah, look, they've obviously got an undoubted ability when it comes to bat ball. And in the, in the field, we saw you know what Azam could do with the bat last night. He's a brilliant striker of of the cricket ball. So uh, yeah, look, they certainly made our team stronger. All three came straight into the side, which obviously speaks to their quality. So yeah, for the games that they're that they're with us for, we're certainly a better side for it. Tamar Mills, the Desert Vipers fast bowler and someone who, I'm sure you'll agree, is a fascinating character to listen to. 
And that's it for another episode of Vipers Voices. The side's next match is its third of the campaign against the Abu Dhabi Knight Riders at the Zaid Cricket Stadium in Abu Dhabi on Saturday the 27th of January. Tickets are available for that match and every one that the Vipers will play and that's via the ILT20 website and also at all Virgin Megastores throughout the UAE. We'll be back with further build-up to that match and plenty more besides here on Vipers Voices. And you can also stay in touch with all things Desert Vipers via the team's website, thedesertvipers.com, and all the major social media channels. You can also watch reaction from the Vipers camp after every match too via the Vipers Voices vodcast on the website or at the Vipers YouTube channel. For the time being then, this is Brian Murgatroyd saying as ever... Thanks so much for listening.